Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. Continuing in the truth. That's the important key. It says over in James chapter 1 that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers, because if we're just hearers, the scripture says that we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves into thinking that we're being a doer of it, but we're actually not. We're only being a hearer. And James goes on to say that if we're a doer of the word, not just a hearer, then we'll be blessed in what we do. It's the doers that are blessed. And it's the doers who see results, who see the word of God come to pass in their lives and experience the goodness of God the way that he wants us to. God has already made everything available to us. Ephesians 1 tells us that we, are, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's Ephesians 1.3. It tells us we have already been blessed. God has already given us everything that we need for life and godliness. That's 2 Peter 1. He's already given us these things. It's by His grace which means we couldn't earn it, we, couldn't de we didn't deserve it in of ourselves, we didn't do anything to earn it and merit it. He gave it to us as a free gift. That's what grace means, free gift. But Ephesians 2 says, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. By grace you've been saved through faith. In other words, God gave us a gift. He gave us His grace. He provided everything we need. But we need to lay hold of it by trusting Him, by believing Him. That's what faith is, trusting God and taking Him at His word. So it's our faith that reaches out and receives and takes into ourselves, lays hold, if you will, of what God has provided for us. Glory to God. So say this out loud. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for helping me and giving me grace to do what pleases you. Amen. Well, we've been looking now for a few weeks at... Uh, uh, we're looking at a series called The Joy of Faith. And we've been starting in Psalm chapter 5, Psalm 5. This is our foundation passage, and we're going to look there again. Psalm 5, 7 says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness, because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. This can be our prayer every day. Lead me, Lord. 
I'm coming to you. I'm conscious of your mercy. I'm remembering how good you are and how good you've been to me and how faithful you are. And I know that you're going to come through for me in the future. I reverence you. I worship you. I honor you. And I'm asking you, Lord, to lead me. Show me the paths I'm supposed to walk in and I will follow you. Then he goes on in verses 9 and 10 and he talks about the wicked and how the good things are not going to happen to them. You know, if you rebel against God, you're, you're really doing, you're not doing yourself any favors. You know, if, my thought is, if you're a criminal, you're by definition not very smart. Well, you know, you hear about criminal masterminds. Well, yeah, the, they have they have a certain degree of intelligence about how to figure things out. But if you're breaking the law intentionally, then you're not very smart. Well, it's the same thing for God. If you're rebelling against God and you're not doing what God wants you to do intentionally, then you're in trouble. You're in a world of hurt. And if you keep doing that, you're going to only get further and further into the, into the darkness. You're going to get duller and duller. And really, you're going to get dumber and dumber, <laughs> if you'll excuse me for saying that. But it's true. The Scripture tells us that. But the Scripture also says, in His light, we see light. It's, that's in the, in the Psalms. And in 1 John, it says, if we have fellowship with him, then we're going to receive light and we're going to walk in the light. He says if we're walking in, if we say we have fellowship with him and we're walking in the darkness, then we're, we're really lying about it. We're not having fellowship with him. Because if we're fellowshipping with God, we're going to see more. That's what light enables you to do. It enables you to see and the more we spend time with the Lord, the more we fellowship with Him, the more we're going to be able to see and the more He's going to show us and the more we're going to be able to receive from Him. Now let's drop down to verse 11. Again, he's still speaking to the Lord and he says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. If we're putting our trust in the Lord, if we're aware that he's going to defend us and we're trusting him to do that, and if we love his name, then we should be joyful. We should be rejoicing all the time. Why is that? Because we serve a God who cannot fail. Amen? We serve a God who cannot fail. It says in the scripture that he's not a man that he should lie. God said himself, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. And he said in another place, my word shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it, and it shall accomplish that which I please. In other words, God is never saying something just to be saying something. He's saying something 
because he intends for his word to accomplish something. And if we continue in his word and act on it in faith, then we will see the goodness of God manifested towards us. We'll see it showing up every day and we'll experience his faithfulness and his goodness. Amen. God cannot fail and he cannot lie. You know, people say, well, God can do anything. He can do anything, but it is impossible for God to lie. It says that in several places in the scripture, different ways, but that's the message. It is impossible for God to lie. For instance, if it was Monday morning, say nine o'clock, and God manifested in your room, this is an open vision. He's showing up right in front of you. And he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm from the South, I'm from the country, so, you know, I've God talks to me the way I understand. So if God showed up in my room Monday morning, nine o'clock, and he said, howdy, Jonathan. You know, that's not disrespectful. God, God speaks your language. He says, howdy. Isn't this a great Thursday evening? Um, well, Lord, it's, it's actually Monday morning. Well, not anymore, it isn't. <laughs> when God says it, it's true. It was Monday morning, but until he, when he said it, boom, it became Thursday evening. That's how powerful the word of God is. He cannot lie. It says in Hebrews 1 that he is upholding all things through the word of his power. Everything, every particle in the universe, every particle that makes up our bodies, and everything physical around us, as far as the galaxies and even into the spiritual world, everything is being upheld by the word of his power. In other words, if God broke his word, everything would, the universe and everything in it would self-destruct. It is the very word of God that's holding everything together. That's how powerful the word of God is. And that's how sure of a foundation it is also. God's not going to lie. And we can look around us. If we're dealing with, with feelings, you know, because the enemy will bring things to you. Well, God's not really there. God, God's, God left you. He's not really helping you in this situation. You're all alone. You're all by yourself. Nobody knows the trouble you've seen. <laughs> That's an old song. Well, if you're, if you're dealing with thoughts like that, and those thoughts can be real, but I'm not, saying, I'm not saying deny the thoughts that they're real. I'm saying deny their right to exist in your mind. Because all you have to do is look around you. If you see things that are still here, you know God hasn't broken his word. If you're still living and breathing, you know that God is upholding you and sustaining you. If you got out of bed this morning successfully and you put your clothes on and you drove to work or wherever you're going successfully, you know that he is keeping you. He's helping you. 
He's sustaining you every step of the way. Because without him, the scripture says, we know nothing. We have nothing. We are nothing. And we can do nothing. But the scripture also says that through him, we can do all things. Because he is the greater one and he is the one empowering us. And so if we trust in him, then we can rest assured that he is going to come through for us and we're going to see his word coming to pass in our life. Now, what does this have to do with joy? Well, we're talking about the joy of faith. Faith is trusting God. And when you're truly trusting God with everything you've got, and you're really taking him at his word and really believing what he has to say, you can't help but get happy about it. And really, happy is not the best word because joy, like we talked about last time, joy is a choice. You have to make the choice to rejoice. Joy comes from within you. Galatians 5, I believe we'll get there at some point, but it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and it goes on. The fruit of the Spirit, among other things, is joy. It's already in you. If you're born again, if you've accepted Jesus, then you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And the fruit that the Spirit of God is going to produce in you, one of them is joy. So it's already in you. Just like an apple tree has apples in it, right? It has the potential and the ability to cause apples to shoot out on its branches. If it's a healthy tree and it's in good conditions, then that's what it'll do. The apples are already in it. The growing process is drawing the apples out of the tree, out of the roots, and putting them out on the branches where we can see it and enjoy it. That's the process that we as believers have to go through. The fruit of the Spirit is already in us. We need, though, to renew our mind and get what's on the inside of us to come out and show up on the outside. Amen? We need to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and renew our minds so that what He is wanting us to to experience in our day-to-day life will show up. As I mentioned in 2 Peter 1, it says that God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need to live our life the way we're supposed to and to live a godly life, so physical things, natural things, and spiritual things, God has already given them to us. What we need to do is draw it out. Now, how do we do that? Well, let's look at, we've looked at Psalm 16 before. 
Let's, let's take a look at that once more. But specifically, we're going to look at verse 11 this time. We've read some other verses in the past, but let's look at verse 11. Psalm 16, 11 out of the NIV says, talking to the Lord, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Everyone say, fill me with joy in your presence. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The Amplified Bible says, verse 11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Everyone say fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The God's Word translation says it this way. You make the path of life known to me. You know what? I just thought of this. Quit saying you don't know where you're supposed to go. Quit saying you don't know which pathway you're supposed to take. It says here, you make the path of life known to me. Stop saying you don't know what you're supposed to do and start putting this in your mouth, confessing this. Lord, in myself, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm trusting you. I believe you're making the path of life known to me. Amen. Psalm 23 says, He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. For the sake of His name, because you are a witness of Him, you are an ambassador for Him as a believer in the earth, you are an ambassador for God, you're carrying His name. So for His name's sake, He's going to lead you in the right paths. He's going to show you where you should be going, show you what you should be doing. He's going to help you. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall, not maybe, shall direct your paths. So quit saying you don't know where you're supposed to go. He's making it known to you. He's showing you the paths that you're supposed to take. Glory to God. You make the path of life known to me. Complete joy is in your presence. Pleasures are by your side forever. So notice, he says here, the NIV again says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. The Amplified says, in your presence is fullness of joy. God's Word translation, complete joy is in your presence. Everyone say, in your presence. That means you're around Him. You're with Him. The more time that we spend with the Lord, 
the more of his joy he'll fill us with. You know, it says in Proverbs chapter 13, I believe it's verse 20, says, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Brother Jerry Savell taught a message on this, and he called it the law of increase by association. Whoever you're around, whoever you're with, whoever you spend the most time with or the most time listening to, receiving from, you're going to become more and more like them. I know I have people in my life that I've spent a fair amount of time around. For instance, my parents. I grew up with them. (laughs) Grew up around them. And I'll be going through my normal life and I might say something or make some gesture. And I think to myself, you know what? Mama does it exactly that way. Or that looks like my dad. Why is that? I spent time with them. I spent a lot of time with them. (laughs) I grew up with them, like I said. And I became more like them. When I was born, when anybody is born, we're a blank slate for people to influence, hopefully in a godly direction. And the more we spend time with people, the more we become like them. That's why it's so important that you pay attention to who you're hanging around, who you're with, because you're going to become more like them. Success coaches will tell you, you know, They'll, they'll say, I'll, I'll take a look at your friends and I'll tell you who you're going to be like in five years. You know, if you hang around them. It's the law of increase by association. Well, it works the same way spiritually. If you spend a lot of time with God, you're going to become more and more like Him. And that's who you really want to be like. I mean, do we have a greater role model? The scripture tells us, Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It all falls back to being like the Lord. The scripture describes him as the master. If you have a master craftsman, like a master carpenter or a master potter, or uh, where I'm from, they, we would have glass blowers. You know, they, they heat the glass up in this big furnace and they blow into it real gently and they form these beautiful vases and all these different things. But you know, if you have a master, they know what they're doing in any area of life, any sphere. They know what they're doing. If they're a master at it, like a master football player, you can have that. They know what they're doing and they know how to do it right. They know how to do it wrong. And if you stick with them, they can teach you, if you're willing to learn and if you're open and receptive to it, they can teach you how to become good at what you're doing yourself. 
Now, the scripture says that the servant isn't above his master. You know, whoever you're following, you're not going to become better than them. But you can be like them. You can do things to their level. If you want to go better than them, you're going to have to find someone who is better than them and follow after them. Well, we don't have anyone better than the Lord. So he says, you're not going to become better than me, but we can become like him. And how do we do that? We spend time with him. We spend time in his presence. We spend time in his word. That's how we can be around him. You know, and we're not talking, I'm not talking about just sitting in the corner, you know, lighting candles and going, oh, no, no, I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about just spending time with the Lord. You know, maybe in the morning time, that's when it works best for me. I'll get into his word and just read a little bit. Maybe say some things out loud over my day. Thank you, Lord, that you're protecting me. Thank you that you're causing me to experience your goodness. Thank you for your favor. And then you just spend some time with him. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. How do you build any relationship? Communication. So when you spend time talking to the Lord, you're spending time fellowshipping, you're sharing. The best idea, the best visual I can think of of fellowshipping is around a supper table, all right? So you got mashed taters in the bowl and everybody's getting dipping out of the same bowl. So there's taters in the bowl and then you scoop some out onto your plate If everybody takes some, by the end of the meal, the taters are going to be in everybody. You see? We're sharing the taters. We're all getting the taters in us. Well, fellowshipping is the same way. If you're sharing with someone, like say you're you're sharing with someone an idea that you have. If they're receptive to it and you communicate it properly, the idea that was in you is now going to be in them also. Well, it works that way with the Lord. If we spend time with Him and we communicate with Him, we share with Him, then He'll also share with us. And the things that were in us that we were dealing with, He can help us with. And the things that are in Him will get in us to a greater degree, however much we fellowship with him. So that's what we need to do. In order to get to this fullness of joy, we need to spend more time with the Lord. We need to fellowship with him more. And if you're a parent, you want your children to spend time with you. You want your children to be around you and enjoy you, right? Sure you do. Well, God is is our spiritual father. He wants us to spend time with him. 
And you know what? He is the best father there has ever been. He is the best, he, and he is the funnest person, if you will, ever. And, you know, and as we spend time with him, he's going to fill us with his joy. Amen. I want some of that. I want the joy of the Lord inside of me. So as for me, by the grace of God, I'm going to start spending more time with the Lord, talking to him, getting into his word. And as I do that, he's going to start filling me with joy, filling me up to overflowing to where I'm like a beach ball. You know, no matter what pushes me down, you can't keep me under because that joy is just going to bubble up on the inside of me and overflow and just splash off on anybody around me. Glory to God. Let's go forth and be a light and a witness for the Lord by exuding his love and his joy and his peace. Glory to God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure to subscribe and follow us so that you'll never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And be sure and join us again next time as we continue talking about the joy of faith. Well, we'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.